We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks was one like unto the son of man. He was clothed with a garment down to his feet, to his foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle or belt. His head and his hairs were white like what? His head and his hairs was what? Sound like a black man. (laughs) His head and his hair. That's what the mess with them secret Hebrews that's in here. Them secret beliefs that they scared to reveal. No, his head and his hairs were white like wool. He was basically translucent is what he's trying to say. He was because he was a spirit. And white as snow. So his head, his hairs were white like wool and white like snow. And his eyes were a flame of fire. Why do you think that's a black man? Just because his eyes are red. That's your Uncle Willie at the family reunion. He just drinking big red. His eyes ain't red. Why do they think that? I don't understand how they get black man from this. Oh, this is the part. And his feet like unto fine what? That means he's black because his feet are the color of brass. It didn't say his feet were the color of brass. It said his feet were like unto what? His feet were like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of what many waters meaning it was calming soothing and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as sun as the sun shineth in his strength so john is seeing something in another dimension that you can't bring to this dimension Right? So you can't take the part about his feet being brass and say he's black. What about the sword shooting out of his mouth? And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as what? Dead. I've, I've confronted many Hebrew Israelites looking like Raiden and Jack. And ain't none of them ever made me fall to my feet. I may fall out laughing. No, man, no. He, this was a vision, and this wasn't happening in this dimension. He said, John started this out by saying, I was in the what? Spirit. When I saw him and fell to his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me and saying, fear not, I am the first and the last, I'd still be scared. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. 
Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. He said, I'm, I'm about to tell you what that was. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So the seven stars are the pastors of the churches. And he calls them angels. And the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. And the light of the candle, the flame, is what basically denotes what's going on in the church. As long as the flame is lit... The power of God is there. Flame blows out. God's not there. God established the church by building it upon the solid rock, which is Christ. Look at somebody say Christ is the rock. He is the solid rock. Acts 4 and 11. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the what? corner if you are in masonry or understand building you understand that this is the most important stone in the building when they used to build with stones because this was the anchor the stone that held it all together if this stone was flawed the building would crumble or come to ruin so the cornerstone christ is saying i am the rock or i am the cornerstone if you're gonna build it right you better build it on me that's what he's saying amen that's why we build a church on Jesus Christ only. Peter stated that Jesus was the Christ. And this is the statement that Christ built the church upon. The reason why folks don't believe in church no more is because they don't believe in Christ anymore. Because the church is built up on Christ. They just want God. 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 God, you know, when the Hebrew Israelites and the five percenters and all them, you know, when they first started this old black foolishness that they teaching, they left Christ out and then they saw that the Christian church wasn't going nowhere. So they said, so we got to add Christ to what we're doing so that we can infiltrate the Christian churches. So they changed the Hebrew Israelite and all the black dumb stuff and started adding Christ in, in it. So now we do accept Christ, but he's just a prophet. Well, some of the Christian church didn't go for that either because we, a lot of them believed that he was equal to God. So then they had to change. Y'all see Farrakhan just came out. My savior, my redeemer, Jesus, whatever. He trying to get recruits because their, their, not, their belief is dying. They don't have people. So he's trying to get people. He does this every 10 years. So. But they, yeah, they don't, they don't, he, he just, they, so everybody's adding Christ now. So now the Hebrew Israelite, everybody now, you remember they, they didn't even, Hebrew Israelites originally didn't even believe in the New Testament. It was all the Old Testament and the law. But they couldn't get people like that. Folks wasn't leaving the Christian church. So then when they added the New Testament and tried to add Christ to it and make it look a little more presentable, African-Americans start believing, especially when they start tugging on your heart about how you've been mistreated by the white man and misled. Some of you was already mad, looking for a job and blaming the white man anyway. So you fell right into the trap. It's always, only folks that believe this are folks that are downtrodden. Something's wrong. Somebody hurt them. They can't pay their bills. Can't take care of the children, don't want to. Something is wrong, and that's why they go for this erroneous doctrine. Well, it's also an escape from Christ, because Christ going to make you live right. 
Yeah. You can call, you can have God all you want. Just God this, God that. Oh, I love God. And oh, I love God. But when you mention Jesus, that uh, you got to straighten up. You got to straighten up because Jesus told you verbatim what you have to do. You got to come through him. So they don't want the, they don't want Christ. So then now they made Christ white. And Christianity is the white man's religion. And Constantine changed, the, changed it. And God has never, uh, 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 never been about Christianity. And that's the white man's. We all from Egypt. And we this and we that. And, all that. and they're starting all this stuff to delete Christ because they don't want to live by Christ's rules. No rules, no religion. Make your decision. This declaration acknowledges Christ as the overseer or the what? Head of the church. All these folk want to be bishop, but you don't understand who the chief bishop is. The chief bishop is Christ. He's the presiding bishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go get under one of these other ones, but Christ is the one that you're going to have to answer to. Every title you claim, that comes persecution. That comes responsibility. Amen. So you don't just be a bishop because you like the way the cross fit on you. Or you like telling people what to do. You better understand who your boss is. Amen. I know my boss is Christ. So I can't act up. I can't do the fool. I just, if I do the fool, I got to stop. I got I to gotta repent. I got to act right. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I have to because my boss is Christ. I'm not under no bishop that can make it better. And fix it. And hide my sheet so when he run for presiding bishop, I'll vote for him. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 no, no. I got to deal with the boss. This declaration acknowledges Christ as overseer. Matthew 6 and 18. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's talking about what Peter said when he said Jesus is the Christ. So he said upon this rock, who Jesus is the Christ, upon Christ, I'm going to build my church. Upon me, I'm going to build my church. Gates of hell not going to stop it no matter what. No matter what they preaching to you, Christ says my church is going to stand. He's not just talking about the church with, of people. Don't you understand people are the church? How are you going to separate the building and the people? If the people come together, it's a church. So you can't do that whole, oh, the gathering institution. Now, see, what the, the problem is, it's kind of like the whole religion thing where people try to say religion is bad. It's not religion. It's just when people are religious and their traditions outweigh the will of God. Okay. And it's a play on words. And it's the same thing with institution. You, it's not the institution as far as the building. It's the denomination that you're against. It's not institutionalism. It's denominationism. Y'all see what I'm saying? So it's, the institution is just where you are. Right? This building's an institution. Your home is an institution. It's just where you are. But it's the structure of the hierarchy of the denomination that has made a lot of people sour. Because once it becomes about the structure, then it's no longer about the people. I was telling this brother yesterday, he was like, man, how do, you, how do you keep people coming to church? I said, because I treat them like people. They're not my servants. Me and my wife are their servants. So I treat everyone in here like a human. Like you matter. Like you are you and your, what God wants for you is just as important as what God wants for me. 
So I don't belittle everybody and then make them think they're going to one day get what I got. Oh, you see what gets on the head. It's going to one day just run down. To... You may not ever drive the car. I'm driving. I'm not promising you that. I didn't know I would. How can I promise you that? So I don't bring you in it to make you feel like what you have is less. So you need to do something to get more. So you enjoy coming because that pressure ain't on you. You can be you, live like you want, and it's all good. Live like God has called you to live. Amen. Your car may be smoking when you drive up. Don't nobody care? I'm going to come speak and hug you as if you roomed up here in a Maybach. Don't matter. Nobody cares. You're still God's, and God still has a plan for you. Because when my car was smoking, I was hoping nobody cared. But still, that's, and, and that's what I told myself. You got to treat people. You can't, that hierarchy junk makes people feel bad and, and makes people feel less than. Oh, don't touch him. Oh, don't touch the preacher. Y'all, y'all get out the way. I was in one church one time, and they was doing praise and worship, and somebody ran up, and a little sissy ran up and got the mic. Uh, everybody, y'all got to stop because it's time for the bishop to walk in. And they stopped praise and worship and changed the music and everything. He come down the aisle sweeping. <laughs> it was having an altar call at one church, altar call. Folk trying to get saved and they had to stop it because somebody parked in the bishop's spot. Who is it? Who is the infidel that would dare park his vehicle in the bishop's spot? He's out there wasting gas in his Rolls Royce, waiting on you. You got to come out. Come out now. Come out. Yeah, so that's why folks got a bad taste in their mouth about church. I would too. And I did have a bad taste in my mouth because I watched all that foolishness. And that junk, man, I mean, it's supposed to be about Christ, not you. Amen. And if you didn't have the church, what would you do? It's men in your church way smarter than you. Nobody in here. I, I can't be the best one. You think that's why God called me? Because I'm the best one? Are you kidding? That's not why He calls men. Matter of fact, He likes to call ignorant folks. <laughs> folk that talk loud in country. So folk could be wondering, man, because I mean, I think he's smart, but sound crazy. But this is what he builds the church on, the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. Because Christ is the head, he's the only, he is the one to judge the church and its condition. Isn't that what the head does? That's, that's the only reason there's a pastor, because when you bring a bunch of folks together, somebody's got to judge the condition and make it all work right. Somebody got to hear from God and say, no, that, that person's the devil. That person don't need to do this. That person don't need to do that. God has to use somebody. He always does. Amen? Yeah, he always uses someone. That's, that's why he calls them. And Christ being the head is the one that's going to judge the church and its condition. Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. Look at this, y'all. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That is that in all things he might have the preeminence. So he is the head of it. I saw this one thing. Man, they were introducing the presiding bishop. And they said, we want y'all to come to his bank, come to the banquet of the preeminent one. His excellence. You talking about a human? Preeminent? Human? Who do these folks think they are? 
So that's why folk don't go, hey, what guy, tell me, man, see, people ain't going to the black church. The reason why they losing people is because all these pictures of white Jesus that they got up, and they got these pictures up, and they portraying Jesus as white. That's making them lose interest. I said, no, that ain't making them lose interest, bro. It's this hierarchy that's making folks feel like they're trash and you're God. Man don't want to come in no church and feel ashamed in front of his wife because you all that. I ain't sitting in no church like that. It's always about the man and brother go do that. Good brother, you just running around <laughs> in front of your wife. Your wife get home like, man, you just kind of whack. Don't be little men like that. Amen. That's nothing wrong with serving a man or helping or whatever, but man, he can't demean you. Talk down on you and look down on you like you're a servant or a slave and he's the grand poobah. I don't want no man around me like that. That, that make me look fruity because Christ is ahead. He's the one that's going to judge. So we got to understand that he is the pre- preeminent one, not, not the, the one with the biggest cross in his pocket. It's Christ. Amen? Amen. Man, if folks would understand this, they would leave this stuff to the Catholics because that's where it belongs. God appoints men over churches and sees them as angels of churches. No matter the size or type of meeting place, a shepherd is assigned to lead God's people. No matter the size or the type of meeting place. No matter the size. You don't judge men by the size of their church. Some men have a true call to pastor, but their limit is 10. Ain't nothing wrong with that. He's fine with 10. 11, he'll have a heart attack. He got a weak heart. He can't do more than 10. I'm about to find my limit soon. <laughs> Amen. That's it. I mean, it, it, it does. What, yeah, that's it. So you don't judge them by the size of their church. And man, ain't nobody following him. You don't understand. Is his home in order? Because that's all you look at. Now, if his home is jacked up, I see why ain't nobody following him. But if his home is in order, then that maybe more than that will keep him away from his home. And he don't want to be. Maybe he grew up. With his father always gone in ministry and he wants more time at home. You don't know. So you don't judge people by the size of their church or where they're meeting. Amen. They may be meeting somewhere. We was meeting in a recording studio. Jeremiah 3 and 15. I will give you. Okay. God is saying prophesying. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall do what? Feed you with what? Knowledge and what? He's going to give you pastors according to his heart that's going to feed you and give you knowledge and understanding. Self-appointed men often pastor with selfish motives and under the control of evil spirits. Self-appointed, meaning I'm just going to pastor. Then most of the time, if God has not graced you because there's a grace that you have to have on your life by God in order to pastor. You can't just decide to do it. And usually the ones that want to do it are the ones that aren't called to do it. And the ones God wants to do it are the people that don't want to do it. I told my wife from the day I met her to the, to the right before we started the church that I, that's, I, I'm not going to be no pastor. Now that's, now that's it. I ain't doing that. That's, oh, that's crazy stuff. That's somebody crazy want to do that. 
I used to tell her all the time. I ain't doing it. And then when I felt like God had called me, man, I weeped and wailed and gnashed teeth. You ever gnashed teeth? He knew God knew I did not want to do it. I was enjoying myself on the road, traveling, seeing all the world. And God did it. And, he, and God calls people that don't want to do it and not looking to do it. Because if you're looking to do it, you're going to use it for selfish reasons. When you're self-appointed, you're going to try to pastor with selfish motives. And if you have a selfish motive, motive then you're open for an evil spirit. Usually the evil spirit's going to be in your wife. Because when a man's not called a pastor, his wife is going to control the church. Whenever a man is not called, his wife's going to take advantage of it. She's going to make the church go. Their leadership causes problems for its congregation. Because the problems you got in your house going to be the problems that people have in their house. Your kids won't get saved, their kids ain't going to get saved. Because the kids in the church are going to see that your kids ain't saved and say, I don't have to be saved. Because the pastor's kids ain't saved. Oh, I'm preaching in here. Yeah. Pastor's son got wearing two earrings and braids in his head. All the boys in the audience are going to be wearing braids in their head. Sagging their pants, whatever. If he look like a criminal, they're going to look like criminals. And all the men, hey, see, don't nobody want to hear this. Yeah, you got uh, <laughs> a, a phantom on the organ. You gonna have a phantoms in the audience. <laughs> yeah, monsters. You're gonna draw it. Yeah. And so if your wife is Jezebel running the church, you're gonna have a church full of women. Full of women trying to get up, bringing their own clergy collars. Oh, I ain't passed out collars yet. Oh, well, I had this from the last church. Man, I'm preaching it here. Yeah, bad shepherds produce bad what? Sheep. A good shepherd is not going to produce bad sheep. Jeremiah 10 and 21, for the pastors are become brutish. You know what brutish means? Beast. Pastors have become beast. Animals. Animals. Don't even care about the people. Tearing the people apart. That's what a beast does. He tears a person apart. They become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be what? That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with scattered flocks. Every time somebody come to me with Hebrew Israelite doctrine, every time somebody come to me, come to me with erroneous doctrine, I ask them, who's your pastor? Oh, I don't have no pastor. I don't need no pastor. What I need a pastor for? God can speak directly to me. I knew that. I knew that without asking. You're scattered. You've been scattered. You can't respect me as an authority even though you were drawn by my DVD to even come talk to me, but you can't even respect me because you're scattered. You're a sheep without a shepherd. So you'll follow anything that sounds good to you. The Bible says you're ever learning, but what? You never come to the knowledge of the truth. Watch 10 YouTube videos a day. Doc, I've been researching. I've been studying, man. I've been studying with YouTube. But they become beasts, tearing the people apart. The home of the pastor is relevant in showing you exactly what your home will be like when you follow them. Yeah. Whatever pastor you're following, the home. If you want your children like their children, then go there. Yeah, this is, yeah. It's the truth. Yeah, whatever's going on, 
that's what you want, that's who you follow. I'm not saying that, you know, people don't make, people make mistakes, folks, kids make mistakes, errors, whatever. I, I understand all of that. But you better be ready. If, the, if, the, if a man isn't committed to his home, if a pastor is even talking divorce, then get ready to talk divorce with your family, with your wife. Get ready. The correlation explains why God desires for pastors to have their home in order. First Timothy 3 and 5. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, what? How shall he take care of the church of God? Amen. And my kids ain't perfect. Boy, ain't none of them perfect. I ain't perfect. My wife ain't perfect. Oh, but we together. Ain't going nowhere. That ain't changing. And we all make mistakes. Everybody does. But that, man, we ain't finna bust it up. And I'm not finna be more concerned about y'all than I am them. That's not happening. I shoot y'all to deuces with the quickness and speed on off and head to my house. Though the church may be in a bad condition, Christ has not done away with the church. Instead, he judges his church, his churches, and desires their what? Repentance. So the church may be jacked up, but God is not ending it. He said the gates of hell ain't going to win. He said the gates of hell is not going to win. That means he's going to fix it. He's going to wait for you to fix it. He's going to come to the church and ask the church for repentance. And if men would humble themselves and not be prideful, God would work through them to fix it. Even your home can be fixed. All of it can be fixed if you just quit being prideful and thinking you the stuff and the people are zeros. 1 Peter 4 and 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin where? At the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? So he, he's saying it should begin in the house of God, which is the church. Right? Don't try to make this either. He's talking about the house, your body, your body is the temple. No, he's talking about the actual house of God. Just like he said, uh, 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 that you may know how thou art to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. He's talking about a physical building where you assemble and how you're acting. When Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead, it was because they cheated a physical building, a structure. Wasn't their temple that they cheated against. No, no. They lied about some property that they were supposed to give to the actual physical church. Folks mad at church and want to end it. Christ ain't ending it. And he need a head. So as long as he's the head, I'm going to do what he says. I'm following him. Amen. Nowadays, many people want to abandon the church because they feel all churches are bad. But if Christ didn't give up on the church, neither should we. And then how are you going to abandon the church because you think the church is bad and you bad? Ain't that some foolishness? You bad. The last church you was at was messed up because you was there. Why do people do that? Now see, see, now see, see, see. Now that's why I don't go to church. That's not why you don't go to church. You don't go to church because you don't want to. But if Christ didn't give up on the church, then we can't. 
Hebrews 10 and 25, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. So even back then, even back then, some folks wasn't going to church, wasn't fellowship. And he just said it, as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another is so much the more. So as the end approaches, you really need to start going to church. Amen. And y'all need to listen, y'all. I'm going to tell you, I told the men Wednesday. Because Wednesday, I, that's what I talked about. I talked about fellowship and the things that keep men from fellowshipping. Personal things, things, issues that keep you from... And, and the same things that keep you from fellowshipping is keeping your relationship messed up too. When you have a problem fellowshipping with people, you're going to have a problem in your marriage. Period. Yes, you are. And I talked about all those different things because I've been bombarded for the last few months with people trying to move down here and they want to come to this church. And they can't understand. They're like, man, I mean, I wish I was there. Oh, I want to get there. Oh, I want to be there. And we got people here that don't want to be here. I don't understand that. Don't show up to heroes. Don't show up to the, to the time. I mean, we open the doors very, very, I mean, Sunday morning only. And folks can't show up. That's okay. That's okay. Somebody's already picked your spot because folks are hungry. There's a drought out there. Not that I'm special and, oh, we got a talk box. It ain't nothing like that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just we're going to try to do it the best way we can according to the Bible. And people are interested in that because a lot of them are tired of being treated like peasants. Dressed up, well-dressed peasants every Sunday. We all need to repent. So we cannot abandon God's plan for fellowship and leadership if we seek God. He will lead us to where we belong. If we seek God, he will what? Lead us to where we belong. Our rightful place has exactly what we need, including what? <laughs> some folks can't, some folks aren't a part of a good fellowship because they ain't in the rightful place in the other areas of their lives. Quit asking me about a good church to go to. Won't you get yourself together? Maybe God don't want to put you in a good, a good fellowship because you got too many secrets. Everything needs to be right, man. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first what? And his what? Right. Uh, man, seek his rightness and his right alignment for you first. Then all these other things will be added to you. Find out what God really wants. Quit loving the world so much. Get saved. Not just saved on paper. Get saved in your mind and your heart. Start liking things of God. And then maybe he'll put you with some folks that like it too. Amen. Summary. As the end draws near, more and more will begin to abandon the faith. Many are departing from the faith because they have been hurt by wayward ministries and self-centered pastors. And I'm not saying they're not out there. They are out there. They're out there. A bunch of them. And they've hurt people. So, so many pastors are caught up in self-promotion and titles. They want to be bishop. They want to be apostle. They want to be something with an earthly title. When all God wants us to do is do the work. Can you just do what you're supposed to do? Do the work. He said, do the work of an evangelist. Nobody have to call you evangelist so-and-so. All on Facebook. Can't even put your name in the box. Because you got all them trying to get all them titles in there. Evangelist going to do better this time. 
Willie Johnson. Gonna do better than... Uh, brother, I, can, can you spare a moment to, to talk to me? I'm like, brother, not until you change your name. Because that's ridiculous. Prophet, I'm going on in the name of the Lord. Jackson. Are you going to change your name before you talk to me? Because that's just ignorant. That's, I'm embarrassed. but they caught up in titles they just self-promoting titles they want the church to cater to them and their needs contrary to the desires of christ many have forgotten that jesus gave his life for the church and is the head of it when christ is the head his spirit draws people to the church unfortunately Present-day churches are beginning to look like the world because worldly leaders are drawing what? They're going to draw what they are. They're drawing carnal people. No matter how bad the church looks, we are not the head of it. Amen? We're not in charge. So we can't end it. Christ is the head, and he is calling all churches to repentance. Just as he addressed the leaders of the churches of Asia, he is also speaking to the angels of his churches today. Regardless of the church's condition, Christ has never done away with the church or abandoned the church. Consequently, none of us have the right or authority to do away with the church or claim that God has moved on from operating through this institution. We don't have the right. This belief is an end-time deception that is causing many to lose their way and follow after erroneous doctrine and false teachings. People left the church because they felt like the teachings were false, but now they're Googling even more false teachings. Without a shepherd, the flock does what? It just scatters. God has called us all to fellowship, and if we are to be ready for the end, We must be aligned with his will to fellowship and worship together as a what? Unified body. Jeremiah 21. God says, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, saith the Lord. Whose pastor is it? His. So we are shepherding sheep on his pasture. Because that's what, that's what you do when you own a pasture. Pasture, you hire a shepherd to tend to it and tend to the sheep. He's saying they're destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them, and bring them again to their foes. And they shall be fruitful and increase. And this is where they stop. So they they scattered the sheep. So God said, I'm going to deal with these pastors right now. And then I'm going to gather all of the the Hebrews that have been bruised. We're going to gather the the black Jews that's been hurt by the white man. And we're going to gather them all together and bring them again to their fold. And they shall be fruitful and increase. Don't stop right there. What did he say he's going to do next? And I will do what? He 
He's not going to change his plan because people are crazy. He's not changing his plan. Look at somebody say, he's not changing his plan for you. He's not changing his plan for you. He said, I'm going to get rid of them. He didn't even say, I'm going to get rid of He said, I'm going to deal with these pastors. Some of them, he may just strongly correct, and when they're ready, he's going to put them back over people again. He says, I'm going to set up shepherds over them, which shall do what? Feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be what? Lacking, saith he ain't. God is not ending it. He's going to fix it. Everyone stand to your feet. And the thing is, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, he's not ending us because we, not, we didn't do what we supposed to do. Ending the church would be ending us. Seriously. Especially if you thinking that the body is the church. Then if he's ending the church and there's no more church age, then what are we? It, it makes no sense, y'all. It just makes no sense. It can't be truth to that. God is not changing his mind about what he said. He's just going to fix it. Amen? He's going to make it better. He's going to make it right. He's going to deal with the pastors. He's going to deal with the people. He's going to fix his church. And you're going to learn through the rest of these seven churches how he does it. But he's going to do it. All he wants us to do is repent. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your truth in this message. God, your intent for us is what we want to know. What you intend for us. There's so much more to what goes on here than us just coming together on a Sunday. God, you are doing so many things through this church. So many marriages have been formed right here in this church. Children have been born right here in this church. Couples come together. Father God, marriages have been restored right here in this church. People relocated from other places and came here. Their lives changed. They are setting up a brand new lineage and heritage through this church. It's way more important than we know. We don't want to lose sight of that. It's your will that we fellowship. Friendships have been made. Some that will last a lifetime. Children have playmates and friends and have forged relationships that will last a lifetime. Just like we have our homies and those we grew up with, they'll have that. So many are homeschooling and together and just building bonds that are so important to our existence. God, we don't want to take that for granted. You are showing us how you operate through a church. It's not about the pastor. It's not about me looking good. It's not about anyone shining. But it's about you being the head and you orchestrating all of our individual lives. God, we thank you for Adamant Believers Council. We thank you for the opportunity to come together. We thank you for the fellowship, the good music, the nice people, 
the great spirits that are here, all of these wonderful people you've brought. We thank you, Lord. Help us not to take it for granted. Help us not to forget how important it is. And Lord, we will be a church that will be pleasing unto you because we'll continue to keep you first here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody have a seat. You know, sometimes we just got to thank God for what he's given us. Amen. Some of y'all wouldn't be married if it wasn't for ABC. Amen. Some of you would have left your wife on the verge of it. And you heard something and something happened. And man, God has just done some amazing things in our midst. And we can't take those lightly. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 